Welcome to our ECP podcast series where we talk about exciting activities within the department. I'm your host Santosh Pandey. Our guest today is Professor Long Kui from Electrical and Computer Engineering at Iowa State University. Dr. Kui, thank you for coming here. Today we want to talk about your research in microfluidics, nanotechnology and photonics with a particular emphasis on student learning and mentoring. To start with, could you educate our listeners on some of your research projects in nanotechnology? and the facilities available in your research lab. First, thank you for inviting me to be part of the series. The research projects in my lab are mainly focused on develop different type of chips using micro or nanotechnology, nanotechnology for uh, biomedical applications, especially for neuroscience applications and uh, platelet behavior studies in blood vessels. Yeah, we have uh, micro and nanofabrication capabilities uh, at Microelectronics Research Center. And uh, most of my students use those uh, equipment to uh, carry out uh, experiments. And also, we have collaborators in neuroscience and biology labs. So they also work together. I mean, the students from my lab and our labs work together to uh, carry out experiments. That's great. What is the impact of your research efforts so far in terms of educating students, creating a new workforce, and eventually benefiting the society? Well, that's a very good question. Since the uh, research uh, projects uh, in my lab cross basically different fields, the students not only can learn the uh, technologies, for example, microtechnology, nanotechnology in the engineering side, but also can gain experience for, for example, culture seals and uh, analyze behaviors of the seals. So basically, you can learn both engineering uh, technologies and uh, biotechnology. That uh, benefits them a lot in terms of their education. In your view, what's the most fulfilling or rewarding part of your work? Is it about mentoring students, graduating students, or showing them how to become technology innovators? Yeah, that's a very good question. Actually, I think that uh, actually includes basically what you mentioned. All of the above. We're, we're, yeah, we're above. But I, I really feel you know, very good that the students, uh, after their studies in my lab, they can expand the scope of knowledge. For, for instance, after their research, they can looking for jobs or uh, you know, uh, in the jobs, not only in semiconductor industry, but also can uh, looking for a job in biomedical community. Wonderful. For uh, most students from my lab, actually their background is in electrical engineering. They learned biology uh, technology by collaborating with our collaborators. So at the same time, some of them actually also took some courses in biology. What is the typical project process flow in your research? How long does it take to go from design concepts to full realization of the devices and subsequent publication? This is highly related to the complexity of the projects the students work on. In general, the students can, for uh, typically, you know, the students can, you know, usually take them like one year from the concept to uh, have fully functional devices and uh, 1.5, I see, uh, 1.5 years to have publications. 
it's uh, again it's depending on the project. Some projects actually the the time is much shorter. What are the journals your students publish their research in? Uh, actually, the journals are usually published, uh, you know, in my field. It's our community, MAMS community. So uh, one of the top uh, journal is Journal of Microelectromechanic Systems. So that's one major journal we publish. We also publish our paper in other uh, journals such as Bioelectronics and Biosensors and Lab on Chip. Sometimes we also publish paper in ACS journals. Do you design, fabricate, and test all your devices in your research lab itself? Yeah, basically, yeah. We we do the, everything in our lab. At the same time, we have very good uh, you know, fabrication uh, places at uh, MRC, Micro Electronic Research Center. Especially right now, we have, the, we have more and more equipment coming that to allow us to do more fabrications at micro nanoscales. That's good. I assume your work is highly collaborative and interdisciplinary. What are examples of some collaborations you have had here? What challenges you face in establishing these collaborations, especially those outside the department and within biology? Yeah, that's actually, it's a very good question. As I mentioned before, our, our research projects are across different fields. We have a lot of corporations from professors in different fields. For example, one research project, we uh, use micro nanotechnology to capture the neural surfaces as they bring on ship. So it's a very exciting project. Based on my experience, if you want to establish a successful cooperation, it's a lot easier than to do at the beginning because the experts, experts from different fields, they have different languages. <laughs> so it's very challenging at the beginning how to convince them, believe that, uh, you know, by cooperation, we can, you know, maybe achieve something we never can achieve before. So that, that's the most difficult part, how to, how to make them believe us. But uh, based on my experience at ISU, more the faculties at different departments are very friendly. So even though at the beginning, maybe it's not easy to understand each other, after some time, you can establish a very good cooperation because all of them, based on my experience, are very open-minded. That's good. Moving on to the courses you teach. You teach a popular course that is taken by a number of mechanical engineering students. What course is that? Yeah, that course actually is a basic circuit design course. The typical size of that course is between 200 to 300 per semester. It's very large. At the beginning, it's not easy for me to handle because I, I never taught that kind of uh, course with such big size. But eventually, just, uh, you know, uh, by gaining some more experience, that now become better and better. And the students' uh, feedback is quite good. How do you teach the value of electrical engineering to non-electrical engineering students? It's, it's very tricky. And also, I, you know, to improve the, their learning experience, what I did, I compared the first semester, first couple of semesters, I have more examples to, for example, solve the circuits. So step by step. So make sure they really understand, you know, the principles. Yeah, at the beginning, sometimes we assume they know something, but it's better to build a better foundation to move on. Yeah. Is there a teaching lab that goes with the course? That's right. So we have TAs and uh, they uh, perform the 
apps. Uh, actually, for the past two years, we have online apps. Some students like to the, use their software to simulate circuits, but some students like, uh, you know, for an app, they like simulation apps, use their software. Some students like the uh, in-person app. That's good. For electrical engineering, simulation, measurement, testing are all important. Yeah, we have to compromise, basically. We actually, uh, before the pandemic, we only actually focused on the experimental part, building the circuit on, you know, in the lab. We switched to some simulation labs because the, the pandemic. I'm going to switch back to the, the students to uh, build the circuits in the lab. It's better to have more hands-on experience. Simulation is important, of course. Moving on, what are some of the other courses that you teach at Iowa State? Actually, I taught some more advanced circuit design course like E230 for electrical engineering department students. And also, I created a new course. You basically use a commercial available software console to design the micro nano devices, basically design MAMS devices and NAMS devices. Uh, it looks like, you know, this course benefits the students or not. I, I know some of students they actually joined the industry. The the first job, their first job actually use the console to design some micro nano devices. So it's uh, it's very good to for them to have some you know hands-on experience and can use the software immediately uh, when they join the company without training. Is the console simulation tool available to our students? Yes, yes, we have a student version, so it's uh, sufficient uh, enough for them to to learn how the software. What are the typical courses taken by your graduate students? Even though my uh, students in my lab doing research related to some biology, biomedical engineering, but their background actually is in electric, most of them in electrical engineering. So they have taken the traditional courses such as semiconductor theory, semiconductor fabrication. I think that's very important for them, you know, and also sometimes it takes Recently, uh, you know, semesters, they, they also take some machine learning courses. Uh, some of them actually, of course, they, they take some you know, biology courses. So most of them basically, main courses are in electrical engineering. What kind of jobs are sought by students graduating from your research group? What skill sets are these companies looking for? So far, uh, I have three students actually become a faculty member at universities in USA, uh, Jordan, and China, three of them. So our majority of students joined the semiconductor companies in USA, such as Amazon. Amazon, he's doing the quantum devices, Skyworks, Asmail. Yeah, most of them actually, and Micron Technology, Texas Instrument. So all of them, the first job in those companies are process engineers, based on their experience for fabricating microchips or nanochips in my lab. Are you in touch with your students who graduate from your lab? And do they come back to the campus? Yeah, so actually sometimes they come back to interview the candidates from this university. And also we, we, have, we actually have a connection, a regular connections, uh, contacts. They really appreciate the, the, the learning experience at uh, Iowa State. How does Iowa State compare with peer rank institutions in terms of our research facilities in nanotechnology and sensors? Are we competitive? I, I think we have very strong program, you know, in, in our field, microelectronics and uh, photonics group. You see, more of the faculty members in this uh, area received the NSA Career Award. That's uh, evidence, right? Right. Definitely, we 
we're competitive. Yeah, for the advice, we become better and better, right? What is your final word of advice for students interested in nanotechnology? I think the most important part I want to mention is to really gain extensive hands-on experience, both in simulation and fabrication process. Based on my information and all my students, you know, they always ask them if you have really actually designed the, the device by yourself, use uh, software, and then you actually fabricated it. And then you actually test it. So the hands-on experience is very important if they wanted to involve the nanotechnology field. That's great. Thank you so much for your discussions today. I hope our students learned a lot about your work and nanotechnology in general. Thank you. Thank you very much.